I wondered so aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. And Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Just like the blind man, I wandered along. Worries and fears I claim for my own. Then, like the blind man, that God gave back his sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light, no more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I was a fool to wander and stray. Straight is the gate and narrows the way. Now I have traded the wrong for the right. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a race like me I heard about his groaning About his precious blood's atoning then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. For he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. For he loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is due him. He plunged me into victory beneath the cleansing blood. I heard about a mansion he's built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing 
And the old redemption story And some sweet day I'll sing up there The song of victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me And he bought me with his redeeming blood He loved me ere I knew him And all my love is to him He plunged me into victory Beneath the cleansing blood Living a world has no shame, nobody hurts, feels no pain. Take my hand. I wanna be baptized in all your glory. No one's like to tell your story. Take my hand. Jesus, take my hand. I want to know your plan. Lord, I want to worship you. Need to feel your grace. Mercy on this place. Jesus, all I want is you. When I fall down Gave me a promise for a life I never knew I had Yeah, on my shelter from storm Lord, in my darkest hour I know that you are always there Jesus, take my hand. I want to know your plan. Lord, I want to worship you. Need to feel your grace. Mercy on this place. Jesus, all I want is you. Even though I struggle to surrender, you never went away. Your mercy and your love will last forever, and I want to know more each day. I want to live in a world that has no shame, nobody hurts, feels no pain, take my hand. I want to be baptized in all your glory, no one's like to tell your story, take my hand. Jesus, take my 
hand. I want to know your plan. Lord, I want to worship you. Need to feel your grace, mercy on this place. Jesus, all I want is you. Thank you, Brother Justin. Amen. Aren't you glad that we can just worship the Lord, feel his presence, and just uh, be edified one to another in this famous body of Christ? I mean, come on, we're, we're, to, we're to glorify him in the earth. Jesus needs to be famous. We've got all, everybody's being glorified and magnified and lifted up. But the body of Christ, God wants you and I to make Jesus famous in the earth. Everybody needs to know about the love of God. Amen. And the way they can know that is through you. Hallelujah. Did you enjoy that service this morning? Amen. Wasn't that good? Hallelujah. God is so good. All right. Uh, open up your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We want to read one verse for a text in just a moment. Verse 16. But uh, as Sister Mary uh, started our vision casting ser service uh, out this morning for uh, 2023. I, I want you to hold in your heart what she was ministering to us about by the Spirit of God, about this gift of God, Jesus, that just keeps giving and giving and giving. And he's going to give us things all this coming year uh, to show his glory, to show uh, his promise and provision in the earth through the body to reach out to those who are lost and undone, to those who are bound, to those who are in all sorts of confusion situations. And so uh, uh, I got a piece of paper for anybody who wants it. And I want you to stick it in your Bible. And then this coming year, as we preach on different areas of release, you can just make no a little note of it on that piece of paper and you'll have it in your Bible and you can pull it out. Or if God gives you somebody... Uh, to put on our prayer board, because that's what this is about. You know, I told you that uh, on November the 5th, I was in here praying for uh, you, praying for the church, trying to get the mind of the Lord, but I had, didn't have my mind on anything about the coming year. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke. He said, I, I want you to tell my people that 2023 will be the year of release. And so uh, he gave me a vision of you and I taking and and. Uh, Whoever God's got on your heart, you either get a picture of them or you get write their name. And we're going to put it on this on this vision board back here as you come in the church. We're going to put their name on there. And then when you and I, when we pray, uh, we're going to pray for all those names. Now, you don't have to know the names. You're just going to pray for who's on the board. You know, and so if it's somebody that would be offended or might not understand, I put my envelope in there because if some of the people that's on there, if they knew their name was on there, they wouldn't like it. Uh, so that's between the Lord and them. Amen. And so however you choose to do it, you know, you, you know, you know your situation. But I want us to work on this together. Amen. I want us to as uh, uh, God's going to put people in this community on your heart and you're, and you're going to put their name on that board and we're going to pray for them because there's people in this community. They need Jesus. And uh, that's why we're here. We're here to shine a light uh, and, and, and to bring uh, people to a closer relationship with the Lord. But tonight we're going to be talking about release the peace, 
release the peace. You and I, we've got the peace of God inside of us that passeth all understanding. And, and so uh, the first part, you're going to know all these scriptures. We preached on them all year. But uh, we're, we're going to have a refresher course in them. And we're gonna, the first part we're going to look at is what is in us, what's available in us. And the last part is how we're going to minister what's in us to those who are without. Amen. So that's the direction we're going to go. So Second Thess, uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, let's read verse 16 as a text and get it in our heart. All right, if you're there, say amen. Second Thessalonians 3.16. Now mark it down in your Bible app or highlight it in your Bible, however you choose to do it. Write it on the table of your heart. I want you to notice that the Apostle Paul says now. So you got to see this is a this is something that you possess, something that you have at your disposal right now. Now, the Lord of peace. In other words, he's the origin, the source. Now, the Lord of peace himself give you peace always. Think about that. Uh, that. That's all day, every day, always, by all means. That's in everything and in every way. So in all day, every day, in everything and always, let the, the, let the, now let the Lord of peace himself give you peace always, by all means. The Lord be with you all. Brother Larry, would you pray? Yes. That's right. That's right. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you for honoring the word. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Now, I want you and I to get a vision. I want us to get a vision that that the God that you and I serve, he's alive and well. He's on the throne and he's a God that is a giver. That's what my sister Mary, why she preached the direction that she preached this morning, though I hadn't talked to her about what she was going to minister on. Uh, that's just what the Lord laid on her heart. And so uh, we, we've got to see that that you and I, we have at our, at our disposal everything this world needs. This world, the only thing that they need is Jesus. And Jesus is this living word that will uh, that will change their ability to see things, to understand things. It'll give them a hope and a confidence. It will give them ability to pass from death unto life. Amen. And, and so you and I, we need to be in this place and position that we realize that being uh, blood bought, blood washed, born again, spirit filled children of the living God, that right now God wants to use us. Amen. Right this moment. So right now, no matter what's happening in your life, I, I don't know uh, how much you think about this and meditate on this truth. But the reality is the more that God wants to use you in a certain area, the more the devil attacks you in that area. Amen. Have you ever noticed that that as soon as uh, you, you feel a, a, a bearing of witness in your spirit and you feel an urgency that you're supposed to go this certain direction, all of a sudden, as you start gravitating toward that and you start following your shepherd's voice, here comes the devil to try to knock you out of track, uh, out of the out of the plan and the, and the space that God is orchestrating and, and leading you in, because the devil doesn't want you to get sure footed 
He doesn't want you to get uh, absolute with your, your, your spirit, your soul, and your body coming into the will of God. Amen. And, and so what you've got to do is don't get discouraged. Just keep plowing ahead. I mean, every time that when I start getting the urgency about something, to be honest with you, that's when I start getting kind of a little nervous. Because I know what's coming. I know here comes the devil. He's going to try to get me to think that I didn't hear from God or that I misunderstood the word of God or that it wasn't real. Because that's that's the way exactly his method of operation. That's the way he works. And so uh, tonight, just uh, whatever you might need, we're talking about release the peace. But whatever you might need, uh, Jesus is your source of it. Amen. And you need to you need to get a hold of that. And I notice one more time. He, he said right now, the Lord of peace himself. Now, think about it. In, in other words, Jesus wants you to know that it's him that's active in your life. He wants you to know that he, he's looking at your life. He's your great high priest. He's mindful uh, of what's on your mind. He, he, his heart is toward your heart and on all of these things. So those things that would make you anxious, those things that would try to steal your joy, those things that would try to uh, get you in a place of, of not being able to have this abundant lifestyle that he has for you. He, he wants you to know that he's mindful of that and he wants to meet that need with a word. See, the, what, what took your joy? What took your, uh, what made you anxious? What made you lose your peace? It was a word from the devil. He, 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 he brought an image. He brought a word, a picture. He, he magnified, he amplified something that you're dealing with right now. And he's trying to get that to be the, prominent, the number one thing in your life, in my life, right? And so what we've got to say now, wait a minute, Jesus himself. So he wants to send himself. He wants to see Jesus is the word. So he wants to send himself into your situation where you can have peace at all times in everything. So if we'd be honest with the Lord and just say, Lord, hey, Thank you. I know that you know that in this area, I don't have peace. I may have it at certain times, but I don't have it at all times. Or I may have it in a certain uh, uh, situation that, that seemingly I can get by, I can deal with, I can manage. How many God doesn't want you to manage? He doesn't want you to have to manage things. Come on, the devil wants you and I to be in a micromanager where we, well, I, I can handle this. And, and while I'm taking here this with this hand, I'm going to juggle this over here and I, I'm going to try to get through. No, God doesn't want you just to barely get through life. He wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to have the peace that is so powerful that when you walk into a world that has storms all around it, that it just what? It calms the waves of this world. It brings hope to those who are looking. So let's look at some things I think that will encourage us and help us. And like I said, you we preached on this many times. You know these verses. But go with me to 1 John chapter 4. And let's see how we can apply this and let God do what he wants to do right now by, by, by the peace in your life. Look at 1 John 4 and 1. And you, everyone in here can quote this verse or at least uh, paraphrase it out. But look what the word of God says. First John 4 and 1, beloved, believe not every spirit. So that means in your life, in my life, you're going to have an opportunity to hear from somebody's human spirit, from the devil and all of his evil spirits, or you're going to have an opportunity to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so you've got to be in a place, I've got to be in a place to whether I... Uh, Allow something to be worthy of my time. Just because somebody's talking doesn't mean you have to listen. 
Not everything is for everybody all the time. Amen. And so he said right here, beloved, believe not every spirit. But he said, try the spirit. He said, test it. And if it's what you need to hear, if it's from God, if it bears witness with the Holy Spirit that's working in your spirit, showing you that, then approve that and receive that word. And as you receive that word, it'll encourage you. It'll strengthen you. It'll, it'll lift you up. But if, if it doesn't, then know that it's not from the God of peace. It's not the word that's going to change your attitude. It, and see, when your attitude changes, what happens? Your action changes. See, if I've got a good attitude, I'm going to have good actions. But if I've got a bad attitude, I'm going to have bad actions. And, and so the, everything the devil tries to do is to get in us in an emotional turmoil where we're not in that place of peace where we start questioning, well, how am I going to make it? What's going to happen? How, how am I going to take care of this? How am I going to take care of that? How am I going to accomplish this? I don't have enough time. I don't have enough resources. I don't have this. I don't have that. But see, now. Right now, we've got Jesus. And as long as we've got Jesus, it doesn't matter what the devil and all of his spirits are trying to say. It doesn't matter what some human spirit may be trying to say to us. What is Jesus saying to us? Amen? So he said, try. Try, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, whether they're a uh, prodigy, whether they're of God, the origin is of God, because there are many false prophets that are going out into the world. You're going to hear everything. And so you've got to determine, is this false or, uh, or true? This word false prophets, it's pseudo prophetess. In other words, pseudo means it's a similitude, but it's not true. It looks like it could be of God. It sounds like it sounds biblical. It sounds spiritual. The devil's spiritual. He's just not holy. See, you and I were interested in the things that's holy because the things that's holy and the things that's righteous is the things that's going to get us through. Amen. Because even though something may be the truth, it may not be uh, the truth of the word of God. See, the, the truth of the word of God will change the truth of the world. Aren't you glad? See, the truth of the world was I had no hope. I had no chance. But the truth of the word of God is I had a heartbeat. And I had a God that loved me. And I had a Holy Spirit that was drawing me, wooing me, showing me Jesus. That was the truth that changed my life. Amen. And that's the truth that changed your life tonight. And that's the truth that we've got to hold on to. So drop down to verse number four. You know this very well, but ye are of God. So the reason why I can try, I can test and approve the spirits. The reason why you can test and approve the spirits or not, whether they are of God, is because you are of God. You know what's like you because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead caused your spirit to be born again and he come to live in your spirit. So I, I can tell whether something's of God or not. Don't let the devil trick you into thinking, well, I might not know the truth. Yes, you know. You can't help but know. The Holy Spirit will never lie to you and he's inside of you. And so you have that assurance, you have that confidence. And when the devil tries to get you to, to wish you wave back and forth, say, oh, devil, you're not getting my peace. Because right now I've got peace. I've got Jesus working in my life. Now, listen, I know that some of you are in some situations that, that are, uh, they, they look impossible. They look, how in the world can God solve this situation? I, I'm not here to tell you that because I don't know. But I'm here to tell you that God can do it. He can do it. And, and, and so everything that makes you look at a situation and lose your peace, 
just cast it down and say, I'm not going to accept that vision. I'm not going to accept that word. I'm going to hold on to Jesus. I'm going to let him give me a vision of how this can be different, how he can change it. Amen. And that's your only hope. That's your only source of having something rather uh, of the truth of the world and coming into the truth of the word that will change everything. Amen. I believe that, don't you? Notice he said, you are of child, of, of God, little children. And notice this. You have. Now, what tense is that? Come on. You have overcome them. What? These lying spirits. You've got the victory over them. You have overcome them. Because why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, notice this. The Holy Spirit is in you. This lying spirit that is trying to deceive you, he's on the outside trying to get in you. He can't get in your spirit, but he can get in your soul. He can get in your mind, your will, and your emotions. How do I know? Because I've been on the roller coaster many, many times. So I've got to say, now wait a minute. If the greater one lives in me, and if he gives me the ability to recognize truth or not, then I don't have to accept what the devil's showing me. Every one of us, I could name some things. And, and, and some of you would say, well, you, you're naming that because you know it. Uh, but every one of us here, there's things that we know that the devil is, he's painting a picture. He's given a word and he's wanting you and I to say, well, that's the way it looks. And that's the way it feels. So that must be the way it's going to have to be. No. Mary and Martha, they couldn't get it. They didn't understand. They said, Jesus, if you'd been here on time, our brother wouldn't have had to die. And what did Jesus say? You think I'm four days late. But he said what? Like the old song, I'm right on time. He was right on time. Because why? Because it's not impossible with God. All things are possible with God. I don't care what it looks like. The word from Jesus can bring things that look dead can bring stinky things alive. Amen. Lazarus come forth. That's what he wants to do in your life. He wants to speak a word to you and I. But you've got to be in the place where you receive it and then you release it. See, we receive a word and that word starts working on the inside of us. But when we speak the word out, when we start acting upon what he has spoke inside of us, that's when the word can what? It's not just a seed. It becomes a fruit. I want the fruit, don't you? Uh, see that, but it's the same way in the negative as it is in the positive. And so I want the positive. I want what God is trying to say to me. Don't you? All right. Go with me to Mark chapter four. And, and like I said, you know, the story in the boat. We've covered it many times, but I, 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 we've got to lay a foundation because nothing will work unless we read the word. Mark 433. Let's start reading right there. Mark 433. And with many such parables spake he. His ideals, his thoughts, the word. We got to have the word. So your spirit, even though it has the Holy Spirit in it, my spirit, even though it has the Holy Spirit in it, if we're not careful, we'll listen to our soul and what our body's telling our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, and we'll take that as the gospel truth. And then we can't hear the word that Jesus is speaking. If we can't hear the word, now we're not having. Peace. We're not 
releasing the peace. We're not getting what he'd have for us. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them. Notice this. Mark it down in your Bible. Highlight it in your Bible app. As, as they were able to hear it. Why do we keep going over the same things over and over and over? Because every time you and I read the word, faith comes. And when faith comes, all things are possible to them that believe. So we've got to keep the word fresh. It's not what I've heard that it brings faith. Faith comes by and hearing. So we've got to keep hearing the word of God for faith to keep rising in our life. And so uh, as they were able to hear it, uh, he, he was bringing a word to them. So see, if you and I come into a situation where we go, well, I've read that before. We've done knock the props out. We, we, we've done lost an opportunity. We've got to say, Lord, I repent of that. Because you and I, we can read one scripture over and over. And if you read it every day over and over by the help of the Holy Spirit, you'll be in awe of how alive this word is. It'll change colors. It'll change dimensions. It'll change the, the, the ability to be able to see the distance of how you see, the depth of how you see. All of these things, it will be so amazing to you and I. Amen? All right. Now notice what happens in verse 34. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded some things to his disciples. If you're not understanding the word, if I'm not understanding the word, we need to repent and get along with Jesus. See, if they had never got along with Jesus, all they're going to hear is the parable part. See, the parable part is for those who are outside of the relationship with Jesus. Remember, he said the reason why I teach in parables is because those who don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, they're not meant to hear. But those who have the ability to hear, who are designated to hear, who have a hunger, a heart for that, he said, I'm going to expound that to them. Amen. So if you don't have peace in a situation, you need to come back. You need to say, Lord, I want to get alone with you in this. How many times have I laid on my bed and I've been alone with the devil? Playing over and over in my mind that same track. It's like a record that's caught. I know that dates everything, but like a record that's skipping, just going over. Remember when a record used to hang up and it just skipped and played the same line over and over? So that's what the devil does. We've we, we got to stop that. And, and we've got to be in this place. But without a parable spake he not of them, and when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. He, this word expounded, it means that he explained it with explanation, with explanation. With explanation. Why does somebody else see a scripture different from you? From me? They're in a different place of explanation. The word isn't contrary. The word doesn't lie. It's just you may be in a place deeper than I've got to yet. That I've attained to. But it's there for me. Amen. It's there for all of us. And so he said if I would be his disciple. He would explain things to me. Now what does that mean? That means if I want... God to give me peace through Jesus. Now, Jesus himself wants to give himself to me. Then I've got to what? I've got to be discipled in what he just explained to me. See, if I don't apply what he just said to me, he's not going to give me anything else until I walk in what he just said. 
And then when I walk in what he just said, that means I, I let his word disciple me. I let it be my discipline. See, whatever you're, in other words, you're going to act and talk out of what your discipline is. We'll talk out of the flesh. We'll talk out of the hurt, the heartache, the disappointment, if that's our discipline. But if we'll talk out of the word of God and that's our discipline, then what happens? How many times have you start to tell something about the word of God? And as you started talking about the word of God, all of a sudden the floodgates opened. And you're saying stuff and you go, oh, my gosh. Now, Jesus, the, the Prince of Peace is explaining something to me while I'm actually talking his word. It's the greatest thing in the world. That's how it's meant to work in your life and meant to my, work in my life. When we start talking the word, it just starts growing and expounding. And as it expounds in our life, we grow, we get bigger, we have more peace, we have more promise, we have no, more understanding, all of these things. Okay. Now, you know this story very well, but real quickly. And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Uh, very critical point. Verse 36. And when they went, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. Uh, and there were also with him other little ships. Now, you and I, we got to see that as we're with Jesus and we're, we're letting him expound things to us and, and we're, we're letting that peace come into our lives, that it's going to start drawing people around. But remember, they're not in the same ship you're in. They're close to where Jesus is at. They're close to where you're at, but they're not in the ship with you. But they can still be protected. They can still be helped. But you, you can't put a bar up here and expect them to live by this bar. Because th they haven't been where you've been. They haven't been in that point yet. And so what we've got to do is we're going to say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let the Holy Spirit just keep drawing them closer. And, and, and as, as their little ship gets closer and closer, finally, they're going to leave that ship and they're going to get in the ship with you. And Jesus. Amen. That's what, th what this vision board's about. That that's what we're going to do. We're going to put the people on this board. We're going to start releasing peace in their life. And as you and I pray and we, we bind together, all of a sudden, the, the, their lives are going to start changing at home. Their lives are going to start changing on, 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 on the job. Because why? Because you're going, to, you're going to be pulling those little boats closer to the boat with Jesus in it. Can you see that? Can you get a vision of that and start seeing the people just being pulled out of the darkness, pulled out of the storm and being brought to where the master is? That's what's going to be coming this year. And we've got to be ready for it. Amen. Now, notice when you and I start doing this, verse 37, and there arose a great storm. Here's this whirlwind, a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship. So now, uh, so it was now full. In other words, it, it, it's, it's filling up. So, when you and I start doing the will of the Lord and we start really getting with him, that's when we've got to hold on to what God's promised us. Because Jesus said, you're going to the other side. We've preached it many times. And so there's no doubt they're going to the other side. You and I, we're going to heaven. Come on, we're, we're waiting on the sounding of the trumpet. We're going to heaven. But in the meantime, there's a lot of people who have got to be brought into this ship. And the more that you try to bring them into the ship, the more the devil is going to stir the water. He's going to trouble things. He's going to, but, but you've got Jesus in your ship. You've got Jesus in your life. You, you, you've got the one who holds the power of his voice, but he only has a voice if, if we give it to him. 
Remember, we're his body now in the earth. And so we've got to learn to speak like Jesus. We've got to learn to release what he's put into our lives. Um, verse 38. And he, Jesus, was in the hinder. He was in the stern part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said, say unto him, Master, cares not that we perish? Verse 39. And he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said uh, unto the sea, Peace, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. So this is, we've talked about it, preached on it. This is the same word where Jesus talked to the, remember when the, uh, the, the boy had the, the spirit in him and Jesus said, be muzzled. That, that, that's, in other words, he, he cut the wind off. He cut the spirit off the boy. He cut the spirit, the, the, the spirit that was blowing in the natural wind here. He cut it off. He said, be muzzled. He said, stop and stay. Cease. And he done that because why? Because they simply asked him. Now, this is before salvation. You and I were on this side of the cross. We're living in the full dispensation of grace. So all we've got to do is say, Jesus, what do you want me to say? And so all of these things that happened in the Gospels, you and I, we're not living in the Gospels. We're living in the uh, epistles. So we take the Gospels as a type and a shadow and we do what Jesus taught his disciples to do. And so we do like Jesus did. We speak to the storm and we say, be muzzled, lose your power. Don't, don't give it more power by coming in agreement with what it's doing. And, and so we, we, we apply this and we say, wait a minute, I, I've got peace inside of me. And if I want peace outside of me, then all I've got to do is follow the example of Jesus. Not just for my benefit, but for all those little ships. All those that are around me. Okay, John 14. We'll, we'll, we'll get here just in a second. John 14, 16, and 17. Look at, uh, you know these verses as well, but I want, I want you to look what he promised us because we, we've got to get faith in this. We've got to keep hearing it. John 14, 16. And Jesus said, and, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, one just like him, that he may abide with you when you need him. Forever. This same Holy Spirit that was inside of Jesus when he spoke is inside of you. The same Spirit that anointed Jesus to be able to walk in this flesh, in this earth, is in you. Forever. Not whether you feel him or not. The, the, the less you can feel him, the more real he really is. Because the more you the more you feel him, the more you're trusted in what you're feeling than the word of God. Look at verse 17. He said, even the spirit, capital S, the spirit of truth. Remember, he said, try the spirits, whether they be of God or not. He, he said, because you know that greater one is in you. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So, so there's lying spirits in this world. There's spirits of turmoil. There's spirits of, 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 of trials and tribulations and struggles, all of these things. But they can't receive the Holy Spirit. But you do. You are the temple. 
You are that vessel that is full of this Holy Spirit. And, and, and so the, the world needs to have what is on the inside of you. They need to have this truth. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Notice this, but you know him. This is the, is the intimacy that it goes beyond husband and wife. This is the intimacy of creator and creation. This is the intimacy of, of what caused you to be born again. You can't get no more intimate than this. You can know the mind of the Father. You can know the will of the Father through Jesus, the living word, by this Holy Spirit. Uh, neither knoweth him, but you know him. Notice this. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He inhabits you. So you, 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 you've got to just carry that presence. Carry that presence. But the world will never know what you know. They'll never possess what you possess. These little ships, it's all around you and I. They'll never be able to come out of the storm and come into the ship with Jesus unless what? Unless we speak the words that draws them to him. Unless we speak the words that causes their ship to stop going down. The devil is, go there's going to be a manifestation of evil spirits like we've never seen before. We thought we've seen some onslaught uh, of, of sin, some onslaught of confusion. This is nothing to what's coming. But the greater one is in you. The greater one is in the church. Jesus is just waiting. What he wants you and I to do is keep lifting him higher. The higher you lift a light, the brighter it shines, the farther it shines, the better it works. We're going to lift Jesus like we never lifted him before in this dark world. And that spirit of truth is going to work through us and it's going to release people who are captive. They're held captive. Amen. Okay. So real quickly in closing, let's look at three types of people that you and I are going to be used by the Lord to release the peace. We're in John 14. Go to John chapter 3 and let's look at Nicodemus. Let's look at the religious and let's see how, let's put our heart where they're at. See, if we're not careful, if we're not going through something, we have a hard time relating to people. Every time that I shut off the bowels of my compassion, it ain't too long I'm going through what I just shut my heart off to. Not because God done it. No. I opened up the door to the devil because I didn't love them. I didn't offer help to them. I didn't extend truth to them. And so that opened the door for the devil just to jump on me in that situation. Amen. And so you and I, we've got to be very cautious. I know that after going through things, you and I, we're more sensitive, we're more compassionate, we're more hungry. Think about it. Jesus, he went through everything that you and I will ever go through. That's why he can feel and understand because he has this ability. But John chapter three, look at verse number one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. His name means victorious among the people. It means conqueror. Uh, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. Now, what are you and I supposed to be doing at night unless you're like Brother Donnie, you have to work at night? We're supposed to be sleeping. We're supposed to be resting. So what does this tell you and I about Nicodemus? First of all, he couldn't sleep. Second of all, he come to Jesus by night because he was afraid. Is there anything worse than being afraid at night? 
Oh, I hate to, to when the devil attacks and, 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 you know, you're in intercessory prayer for somebody. And, and, and when you're in an intercessory prayer for them, you're in that you're feeling the same thing they're feeling. And that that fear is so real it is so powerful. There is nothing worse than being afraid anytime. But at night, it seems like it's magnified uh, a, a million times. So you can imagine here. Think about this man. He he. He's supposed to represent the nation. He's on the Sanhedrin. He's supposed to possess Bible knowledge that will lead his people to God. But he don't know anything. We got more and more churches today that ordaining all sorts of priests and pastors who are not qualified in any form or fashion. They're religious. Remember, Paul told us, he said that in the last days, there'll be some that have an appearance, a form of God, of godliness, but they deny the power. What's the power? The power is I don't have to stay in sin. The power is sin had me in death. Sin controlled me, but I can be forgiven. I can be raised up by the grace of God and he can what? He can help me climb out and climb up on that ladder of sanctification step by step by step. Okay. Um, the same came to Jesus by night and he said unto him, Rabbi, teacher, we know that thou art a teacher come from where? From God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now, I love how Jesus is so loving and so kind with a sinner, but he's just as blunt and plain as he needs to be with the religious. Notice here, you can just see the the words on this. And and can you imagine? He's like, boy, Jesus is going to really like this. What did Jesus say? Verse three, Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, truly, truly, surely, surely, I say unto thee, except a man, woman, boy or girl be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You don't even know what you're talking about, Nicodemus. You don't know. Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, they both. Don't you think that we need to have a compassion for the religious? They're going to church. Sister Mary talked about it this morning, but they're not going to heaven. We need to have just as much compassion on them as we do the lost. As we do the bound. But if we're not careful, we'll look, well, they got their, see, that's the way they done us. They said, well, you got your own group. You worship with them. That's what the Church of Christ told me. We can't be like that. All right. Verse four, Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, can you see the, the, the torment that is in this man's mind? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Jesus is trying to reach him. He's trying to show him. He's trying to, to get him into a place where he can understand that everything that was the top and the shadows in the Old Testament was about Jesus and about how uh, that 
is you come to God. You, you come to a, a, a relationship that will bring life and bring life everlasting. And he, we won't go through all this, but he, he, he gets a hold of something. But I want you to have a heart for those who uh, go to a different kind of church than you. I, I want you to, to, to pray for them and don't, don't give up on them. Because if we're not careful, we, we think we put all of our focus in one direction. But how many goes that God sees all the way around, from heaven to hell, in and out, through and through? Now we need, sometimes God will have us be focused and that's good, man. That's, but, but we need to be in the place and the position that we're always looking at where God's trying to get us to look. Amen. We, we, we want to have that heart. So, um, no, drop down to verse 9. Look, at Jesus is trying to teach him. But verse 9, Nicodemus, the one who has the, the, the conquering spirit, the victory among his people. So he was the number one, uh, supposed to be the number one ruler. He's the number one deceived. Nicodemus answered and said, how can these things be? So you need to know that because the spirit of God is in you, you know things that other people don't know. But you don't know them to hide them. Jesus said, I put a light in you and I want you to lift that light up. Don't put it under a bushel, but let it shine. Let it, in other words, be willing to share what you know. See, the first thing Jesus said when, when I call you out, he said, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. In other words, he's going to give you a natural ability to bait somebody along, for lack of a better word, to pull them into the truth. He said he would do it. You don't have to do it. Depend upon the Lord. When you get a little anxious, say, no, -uh, God's giving me peace. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm in the right season, in the right time with the Lord. Amen. Okay, turn over to the uh, eighth chapter. The same book. And let's see how we're supposed to. So we're supposed to release the peace to the to the religious, but we're supposed to release the peace to the sinner, because there is nothing worse than being caught in sin and everybody around you judging you, and you don't know what you're going to do. Because see, without Jesus, we don't know what to do. Amen. We, we don't know. We have no hope. Look at this this eighth chapter. You know this story very well. Verse number one. John 8 and 1. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and he taught them. In other words, the word is going forth. We have to have Jesus, uh, that word going in and through our lives. Now notice this. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst. Now, we, we've got to know that what this is saying is it wasn't after, it was during the process of adultery. Now, don't you see this is a setup? They just wouldn't have, I mean, how many, have you ever walked up on anybody committing adultery? They're trying to set Jesus up, but they've set this woman up. I'm not, I'm not I, because 
They're using her to get to Jesus. They're using her to twist the word of God. They're using to get him in a place where they think they're going to uh, make him make a decision to get out of love and grace. But how many knows that John 1 tells us that Jesus is full of love and grace. He's that source of truth that that, that changes everything. And, and so I, I want you to see this. She, taken in this very act, and if you and I would be honest, we can still think about things that people said about us and our sin. Because people don't forget. They love to bring it up. I mean, they love to talk about it. And so you can see this woman. She's in a place where uh, the whole community has brought her here. And can you put yourself in the place and position to feel the fear that she feels? She knows what this means. This is a death sentence. See, the wages of sin is death. So I need to have compassion for those people out there tonight that are in sin. I don't need to be gossiping about it. I need to be so moved with compassion that I want to get the word to them to get them out of the little ship, come on the ship of their life, into the ship of Jesus. Amen? All right. They said to him, Master, this woman was taken into adultery in the very act. Verse 5, Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. The, the word says both of them. Should be stoned. Where's the man? Set up. Understand what I'm saying. Now Moses in the law commanded us that shut should be stoned. But what sayest thou? They're, they're trying to trip up your Lord and Savior. It can't be done. This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. Look at this. But Jesus, you know this story. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. We could get into that another thing for another time. But what I want you to see, he kept writing in the ground. Uh, and, and look what happens. It says in verse 9, And they which heard it, he was writing in the ground, and they which heard it. <laughs> Let that sink in. Amen. Became convicted, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw no one but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? Oh, this is what we got to get. We got to get to the place where you realize that you can release so much of the grace of God that people stop looking. There, there's such a conviction there. They stop looking at other people and they start looking at themselves. Come on, if we'll ever look at ourselves, we'll get our eyes off of other people and all of a sudden we're not interested in what they've done. We want to get things right in our own heart and we'll leave them alone where Jesus can take care of them. But as long as I'm looking at them and judging them and talking about them, Jesus can't get to them because I'm standing between him and them. Oh, can you imagine judgment day? Jesus rolls that off before us, or actually at the great white throne judgment, God rolls that off before us and we're standing there and he shows Jesus trying to get to that person and you and I are standing between them and grace.
She said, verse 11, no man, Lord, what's happening? He's riding in the ground. The Spirit of God is on that anointing, what is being said. She is feeling the presence of grace. She's feeling the presence of truth. She's feeling love that she'd never felt before that drove away the hate that wanted to judge her and send her to hell. And all of a sudden, she's able to see Jesus, come on, as Lord. She sees Him and she calls Him Lord. See, you can release that into people's lives. The Lordship of Jesus. That's what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for a group of people who can show the lost, the sinner, that there is a Lord who can outlove beyond the depth of sin. Isn't that powerful? She said, no, Lord, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You know what he did? He, he wiped her sins away. Glory. So what you and I need to start doing, instead of talking about the bondage that somebody's in, what kind of addiction of sin they're in, instead of us talking about it, let's start talking about Jesus, the one who makes free. Let's start speaking his name over that spirit that's behind the sin that has a hold of them. Where they can what? They can start hearing the words. They can start hearing the words of the Spirit rather than the words of a critical spirit. They can start feeling the love, the anointing that's on those words, that anointing of truth that will make them free. You and I, we want to see it in the open. We're going to have to do it in the private. We're going to have to do it in our prayer chamber. You can create some things in people's lives, just you, the Lord, and them. I know that sounds so far beyond what we're walking in, but God's going to take us to a place that we've never dreamed possible in this prayer closet. Okay. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So you and I, we need to be in that place, in that position. One last place. Let's look at... Uh, uh, The we got the religious, we got the we got the sinner. Let's look at the bound Christian. Luke chapter thirteen. Almost lost it. Luke chapter thirteen. Look at starting in verse ten. We just mentioned this the other night in passing. Luke thirteen and ten. And he was teaching. Here once again the word of God is going forth. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. <clears throat> verse eleven. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. Remember, he said, try the spirits, whether they be of God or not. You, you can do that, but it's greater. The greater spirit, the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. Come on, of 18 years. She was the number 18 is bondage, of course. And she was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Now, in a minute, we'll look, but we're going to see she's in the church. And Jesus said that she's a daughter of Abraham. That means she's a 
what we would say today a Christian. Because you and I, by faith, we are children of Abraham. All right? So you can be a Christian and be bound. And so God wants us to be compassionate toward the religious and he wants to release peace to them. He wants us to be compassionate toward the sinner and he wants us to release peace to them. But we got to be compassionate to our brother and sister. They're dealing with things. They're, they're, they're saved. They're going to heaven, but they can't do what God's called them to do. Amen. So can you imagine, God has God has been wanting her to lift her hands and to praise Him for 18 years, and she can't do it. Her heart wants to do it. I'm going to say something, and, and this, some of you will hear it, some of it you won't. But there's people in your life, in my life, that we're praying for so desperately. They want to praise God and they want to walk in victory and they want to walk in deliverance, but they cannot raise themselves up out of what these spirits that's working in their life, this stronghold that they have, they can't raise themselves up out of that. They want to. They do. They desperately want to, but they can't do it because this spirit has them bound. And so it's your job, it's my job to try the spirits. We don't need to walk around and go, well, I wonder why they're doing that again. That's not going to accomplish a thing. Why are they doing it? It's not them. It's the spirit behind them. I'll just be honest with you. There's times I mess up and I get angry. And, and there's difference between just getting angry and that spirit of anger coming upon you. So you got to recognize what's in your bloodline. You got to recognize these curses that try to follow us along. And every time you and I yield to that spirit, either the Holy Spirit or the spirit of this world, one of the others getting stronger. It takes little by little, but you and I we can grow little by little, and we get stronger and stronger. But give the same compassion to that person that's in your life, that's in my life, that seemingly keeps running into the same wall. Sister Mary talked about this morning, you know, going around the same mountain. Give them that grace. Give them that mercy. Figure out how God can use you to pray for them rather than to start saying, well, they need to do this and they need to do that. Amen? Verse 12. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. Now, that's what Jesus is doing right now. He's calling his church unto him. Now, can you imagine? You've got to remember, she cannot raise herself up. And Jesus is calling her to, to himself. And he's given her a word, a prophetic word, that if she'll receive the engrafted word with faith and she'll do what the children of Israel wouldn't do if you study Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4, she, they didn't mix it with faith. If you'll hear the word of God, if I'll hear the word of God and we'll mix it with faith, we'll have what the word says. And so can you imagine she's bowed over? She can't even see who's talking to her, but she knows there's love there. She knows there's grace there. She knows there's truth there. She knows it's Jesus talking. See, I don't want anybody to hear me talk to you. I want them to know Jesus is talking. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see Jesus. And so she, when she knows in her spirit that Jesus is talking, can you imagine, can you see her bend over and her shuttling her feet 
going to the sound of her shepherd. Because she's getting a word, a word that's going to release something in her life. Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Was she loosed? In the eyes of God, yes. In her eyes, no. See, we've got to hear the word, but then we've got to let Jesus touch us and make the word ours. Amen? Verse 13. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made what? And glorified God. So, see, we can hear the word. Okay, you realize that Jesus, he got on to the scribes and the Pharisees. He told them, he said, he said, in John chapter 8, read it for yourself, study it out. He said, you think that just the word is going to give you eternal life. But you're missing the point. You're missing the point that, that I am the word. So if we're not careful, we want a word from God, what the word can do, but we don't want Jesus, the Savior behind the word. We've got to have Jesus and the word. I mean, in other words, you, you've got to have a relationship with Jesus. It's not the word that you've heard about. It's not the word that you that you know about. It's the word that you have received and it's touched you that will cause you to raise up and to glorify God. Amen. Okay. You take that home and you pray about it and you think about it. And when we're going to we're going to uh, get ready for this coming year, we're going to get in that place in that position. Next Sunday will be Christmas and we're going to have. We'll have a service for on Christmas, one service, and then do whatever else, you, you know, let everybody have their family time. And then we'll, next Sunday will be New Year's. And so I want everybody by New Year's service to have uh, some people that's laid on your heart where we can put them on this vision board and we can start this. And, and we'll have our candlelight service, giving God praise for what he has done. And then as an act of faith, we'll give him praise for what he's going to do. Amen. I want to close with this thought. Uh, over in England, uh, you know, they, they, they train these dogs and they, uh, the, the, the royalty over there, they, they take great pride in these bloodhounds and the, in these different types of dogs, training them to, uh, to, to follow different game. And I was reading this one where this, uh, this one guy, he was really into to deer hunting and so he had this dog trained and a natural scent to be able to, to to follow these these deer and so he had he uh had a big hunt planned and he had everybody to come out to see what his dog could do and so you can imagine the, all the big wigs there and everything and uh the way they make a big do uh certain people and so there they were and they, they released this dog and it wasn't too long that they, they'd stirred up a deer and this dog got on the, the scent of that deer and, and so they were on their horses and uh, they were getting situated and they were and that dog was chasing that deer and then all of a sudden the dog changed direction it wasn't too long till the dog changed direction again and, and it was completely unorthodox it wouldn't be like a deer would do at all and then it changed direction again and the dog ended up inside the barn and so uh they get to that barn and that dog is just going crazy he'd went from a deer to a fox to a rabbit now to a mouse so you and i we need to get our scent on the lord 
We need to get focused on Jesus because I don't care who you are. I don't care who I think I am. You and I were not meant to multitask. Now, I know ladies are better at it than men, but you're not meant to multitask. We're, we're meant to do one task at a time and to do it well. Amen. And so we need to get a sin of the Lord and we need to follow that. I want to put this in with this because the Spirit of God brought it to my remembrance as I was thinking and praying about this. My dad and grandpa, they, you know, they had all kinds of dogs. They loved to fox hunt, coyote hunt. Uh, but my dad had a brother and sister. And these two dogs, one was named Stubbles, the, the male dog, and the other was named Old Queen. And now when they locked in on a scent, you knew it was a deer. It, they didn't have to worry about it. They, they, they knew it. And, and so uh, he, he used these dogs all the time. They did. But, but Queen, she loved me. But old Stubbles hated me. I mean, I come outside the house uh, from the time I was about five till I was about nine or ten uh, till he, uh, he died. I mean, he could smell me the second I got to that door. And when I went outside, I mean, I'd better have me a plan. I'd be there, better have a, a building to get into, a tree to climb. Uh, I don't know how many times that dog has chased me up things uh, because it could just just pick me out. Knew I was afraid of it. And, and plus, uh, I had that. I had a soft heart. I didn't want to hurt any animal. That's why I never could learn how to ride a horse. They try to get me say, beat that horse. I, no, I, I can't do that. I, I, I just can't do it. But anyway, but that scent, the, in other words, so the devil, he, he's going to get on your sin. He's going to get on my sin. But if we can stay hid in the blood of Jesus, all he can smell is the one who defeated him. Amen. So what am I saying that? Don't be fearful. Don't be anxious. Keep peace. Because see, the devil loves it. When he can see that you're in turmoil, <laughs> He smells that and he starts dispatching more evil spirits. He starts bringing other scenarios in your life, in my life. And unless we can get back under that blood, unless we can get back under that anointing and, and do like the deer. Remember David wrote, as a deer panic, we got to head to that water, that anointing. And as we do, then the devil can't find us. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this group of people that love you, that have a hunger and desire for you. I ask that you would touch each one of them tonight and give give them and, and, and me with them, me and Donna with them, an unction, an understanding of what you're trying to do, what you're trying to say. Let our hearts burn within us as Jesus teaches us. Let us get a vision of what we have inside of us and what we can release. And just let us move in that direction for your glory. Lord, let it be. Right now, those situations that are keeping people awake at night, those situations uh, that seem impossible, let them be gave to you. Let there be a, a, a fresh word of peace that will conquer all of the other images, all of the other noises, all the other vibes of the enemy. Let there just be an anointing that will just swallow that up and let the sweet peace of the living God this cause a deep relaxation, a deep confidence. Let faith be released to do all things. Oh, we ask you, Father, in Jesus' name. Would you come tonight and make yourself an altar and say, Lord, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you 
lead me to those waters. I'm going to let you give me a fresh word that will give me peace about this situation in my life, about this circumstance, whatever it might be that's between you and the Lord. And, and just let him bring an encouragement, a hope to you. Just let him just, just, just build you up in, in the truth of what God would have for you tonight. Uh, and let, let him show you that he's going to use you uh, for the religious. He's going to use you for the sinner. He's going to use you for, for those who are bound even within the church. That you are a vessel of hope. You are a vessel uh, of change that can disminister truth to people's lives that will bring them out of every storm that the little ship wants to be swallowed up in. Would you come and let us pray with you? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for truth and goodness and grace. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for who you are and what you are. Lord, right now, this minister truth into every person's life. Let us be able to see that person that is bound up by sin, that it has a spirit that is working upon them. And let us have the words that will have the love of Jesus, the truth of Jesus on it that will reach out to them, Father. Let it be. Let it be in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah.